Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Free UC with 2600 Hertz podcast. I'm Elisa Bartash, and I'm back in action once again to bring you an exciting new episode. On here with me today is my co-host Clint. Hey Elisa, happy to be here and really looking forward to our chat today. Me too, Clint, and thanks for joining me. Today we'll be talking about the phone network and more specifically about phone numbers and why we're running out of them. That may seem surprising, but it's true. With VoIP and so many new technologies and devices that utilize phone numbers, which don't worry, we'll get into in a few minutes, phone numbers are in a shockingly short supply. You know, I was doing some research and I found that there are 24 area codes in the U.S. that will be exhausted in the next five years, according to NANPA, the North American Numbering Plan Administrator. The last report that they published, admittedly it is from 2019, so that 24 number could actually be less since, you know, we're in 2021 now. But 43 area codes will be exhausted sooner than they had originally predicted out of, you know, looking at all the area codes that exist in North America. And that means that new area codes will need to be assigned to those areas. And as of right now, there are only 37 unused area codes that are still available. So riddle me that. 37 unused area codes and 43 area codes that will be exhausted sooner than they thought. Sounds like we're headed towards a pretty big problem, Melissa. <laughs> it definitely, yeah, it really does. So with all of that said, there are 7,920,000 phone numbers per area code, according to the Public Utility Commission of Texas. But with 7.9 million phone numbers per area code and the 37 possible area codes left, it seems like that's actually a lot of phone numbers, but as I mentioned, as technology progresses, more and more everyday devices use telephone numbers than you would think, and that's ultimately why we're running out of area codes and, in turn, running out of phone numbers, and we'll be running out of them sooner than predicted because of all of these technological advances. So how did this all start? Well, the public switch telephone network, which is frequently abbreviated as PSTN, is the aggregate of the world's circuit switch telephone networks that are operated by national, regional, or local telephony operators. The PSTN consists of everything from phone lines to fiber optic cables, microwave transmission links, cellular networks, communication satellites, and undersea telephone cables, all interconnected by switching centers. Originally, it was a network of fixed-line analog telephone systems, but the PSTN is now almost entirely digital in its core and includes mobile and other networks, as well as fixed telephones. But nowadays, you don't really hear much about the PSTN. Everyone's now talking about VoIP, and there are some pretty significant differences between VoIP and PSTN. Right, so um, VoIP or Voice Inter Over Internet Protocol is first introduced in 2002. And so rather than transmitting um, voice signals over the 
sort of like analog network through the different telephone lines, fiber lines, microwave lines, cellular networks that you mentioned before, Elisa, VoIP is transmitting real-time voice signals from one IP address to another. Um, so your voice signals are transmitted in a digital form over Wi-Fi or Ethernet through either an analog telephone adapter or a soft phone. And what makes this different, why this is a fundamentally different communications architecture than the PSTN is SIP or session initiation protocol. So no longer are you having these switching centers that are connecting signals, but you have this underlying architecture that is SIP that allows for end users to connect via a VoIP call. And so VoIP calls can be made from one phone to another or from a computer to a phone or computer to computer. And so that's really what has kind of the how it's going of the PSTN right now is there's been this big shift toward VoIP starting in the early 2000s. Exactly. And, you know, with the evolution of VoIP, as well as just the general evolution of technology, there are so many new devices and technologies that utilize VoIP, and even some actually that still utilize PSTN. You know, some will utilize PSTN as a backup to the VoIP capability or vice versa, uh, things like some security systems and things like that. So why don't we talk a little bit about a few of the common examples that I never honestly thought about are things that use a lot of phone numbers, but they really do. I mean, because of the pandemic, I haven't used a ride sharing company like Lyft or Uber in, gosh, over a year now, but back in the day, <laughs> when I did, um, you know, if I needed to contact the driver or if they needed to contact me to find out, you know, exactly which street corner I was on, I would get a call from a random phone number and it was never actually their phone number. It was always a masked phone number. Um, and, you know, Lyft and Uber have a very large database of temporary numbers that they cycle through so that there's that anonymity factor between the driver and the rider, which I thought is really interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting, especially, you know, as you mentioned, kind of at the top, um, there's just so many use cases that we just don't think of as needing all of these different phone numbers. And this is one, you know, when we started digging in and doing the research for this episode where, you know, you just, you just never think of it. You're just reaching out to your driver and um, it works the same thing, you know, um, not using ride sharing apps these days, but um, definitely using food delivery apps. So they are, you know, a Grubhub or an Uber Eats or a Postmates is using the same technology, the same use where they have a, huge database of phone numbers that for you know when you place an order that phone number is connected to that particular order and then you can communicate in real time with your driver without 
without your driver having your personal information and without you having your driver's personalization. So everybody's safety is sort of safeguarded. Um, and as you said, in order for that to work, there has to be just this absolutely massive database of phone numbers that these companies can be recycling through to ensure um, anonymity. And on on the top of the ride sharing apps, they, they actually use those phone numbers as well to communicate with the restaurants that they're ordering from. So the restaurant will receive an order via the app, but you know, restaurants are busy, restaurants are loud. It's uh, pretty easy to miss one of those. So after a set amount of time passes and the order hasn't been acknowledged by the restaurant, the app will actually start to place repeated phone calls to the restaurant to ensure that they have it. So um, again, that's another thing where the app has to have a phone number from which to be calling the restaurant to make sure that the order is received. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that. And going back to the food delivery services and even to the ride sharing companies like Lyft and Uber and kind of circling that conversation back to the fact that we're running out of area codes and phone numbers in general. One thing that I always found really interesting is that especially for the food delivery services, but I know it also, at least I've experienced it being the case as well, you know, for Lyft and Uber, the phone number that like would be calling me to let me know that my food is outside my door or that my Lyft or Uber is outside generally actually isn't from a local area code, which I, I don't know, honestly, if that's because where I've lived, you know, it's hard to get those area codes or if it's just easier for the ride sharing companies and the food delivery services to just get a, such a, you know, because they get such a large number of phone numbers at one time um, that, you know, it, it doesn't matter to them if the number is even remotely local or not. But that's just another thing that I found really interesting. I completely agree with you, Elisa, that in my experience as well, it's it's oftentimes not going to be your local area code. And, you know, I wonder if part of that is, and this is obvious, this is just speculation because I wasn't able to kind of find the answer to this, that it's these companies are just buying because they're buying numbers, procuring numbers in bulk. They're going with whatever area codes they can get the most numbers for at the same time. So if you're living in a city, uh, that city's area code is probably going to be more often than not close to that list of the 24 area codes you mentioned earlier that are going to be exhausted pretty soon. And also, just from um, from a user's perspective, right, the idea of being contacted from a number that is not local kind of also gives you another layer of reassurance of the anonymity of the process, right? Like this isn't somebody calling or texting from a local area code. It is so far removed, right? Like when you see that, when you see an area code that's unfamiliar and it's associated with a Uber ride or a Postmates delivery, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. It's, it, it's anonymized. It has nothing to do with the actual person who's driving the car. That could definitely be. I'm sure that there is some method to how the phone number gets connected to 
the driver or the delivery person. Um, and if any of our listeners happen to know more about this or have any insight, please reach out to us and let us know, because I know that just personally, I'm curious. Oh, definitely. I would love if any listeners know, I would love to hear any more information that you have. Definitely. And also on the topic of food and the convenience of food, I've recently read that drive throughs like your Chick-fil-A drive through or your Starbucks drive through not necessarily those companies specifically, but food and beverage drive throughs in general are looking into utilizing VoIP. Yeah, so this is actually something that has been tried out in the past, and it seems like a lot of these fast food or quick beverage coffee places are taking another look at it. So right when VoIP sort of comes out in the early 2000s, all of a lot of fast food restaurants immediately picked up the technology and started to see how they could implement it. One area that seemed to be a very logical fit was in the actual drive-through experience. So the plan was to when a customer pulls up to the drive-through menu, rather than talking over an intercom system to somebody in the restaurant, you would be actually placing a VoIP call to a call center. And the thought there being that you can improve order accuracy if you have somebody whose only focus is on taking the order rather than taking the order, dealing with in-person customers, handling cash, cooking, bagging, all of those different tasks that need to be done within the style of a restaurant, a possibility of needing to decrease in-store employees so you can run a tighter shift if the drive-through, which typically sees more than two-thirds of a fast food restaurant's customers are going to be coming through the drive-through, if you can move that workforce into a dedicated call center, then that's less people that you would need to have in the restaurant at any one time because they would only be focusing on cooking and bagging and potentially dealing with in-restaurant customers again back when that was a thing. I don't know about you, Elisa, but I can't remember what that was like. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. But it sounds like that's actually a really good idea given the time of COVID, just generally having less people that really need to be in a fairly small space, such as the back end of a restaurant. And generally, at least from my experience, you know, fast food restaurants are smaller than other types of restaurants, just given the nature of, you know, a lot of people do the drive through or they pop in, grab some food and take it to go. Um, It sounds like that's actually a really great idea given the current time. Yeah. And so one of the things, right, so this was tried early in the 2000s and it sort of fizzled out. Um, It wasn't anything that was ever really implemented across an entire, you know, an entire restaurant's footprint. It was uh, more of these kind of test kitchen, test, test restaurant areas. But now in the wake of COVID, you know, a lot of the discussion in our industry has been about the hybrid workforce, um, work from anywhere, making sure everybody has connectivity. And I don't know about you, but I've been reading a lot of articles about how 
corporate real estate is really never going to be quite the same again because one thing a lot of companies have seen is like wow maybe we don't need 200,000 square feet of office space because a lot of our employees work from home that that conversation all that is to say that conversation is also happening with restaurants so if you're a Starbucks or a McDonald's or a Taco Bell and you're seeing you know 70 80% of your pre-pandemic customers coming through a drive-through and you've been able to maintain your margins maybe taking a small hit but still maintaining you know your profitability margins throughout the pandemic only operating as drive-through only well real estate is often one of the top top three expenses that most companies face and so if all of a sudden you can employ VoIP technology to have a call center taking your orders for you well then you can start exploring smaller store footprints if you need like you mentioned Elisa right oftentimes these kind of places are pretty tight they're pretty small and so reducing the amount of people in there especially during covid post coronavirus life would be welcome to i mean you would think welcome to just about anybody um this idea is like oh well we can actually you can save these companies are starting to think about ways to save more money by finding finding technology tech solutions to these sort of problems of like having to drive through only like i mentioned means you have a smaller store footprint because you only really need to have a kitchen you don't need to have a dine-in space you don't need to have an in-store ordering space um you can boost efficiency with multiple drive-through lanes using the call call center um call center ordering mechanism that we discussed and along with this sort of return to this idea that was explored maybe 10 15 years ago is we're looking we're seeing a lot of um like advancements in how they're employing this voip technology in this new, next incarnation um stuff like using an actual like ai driven chatbot that is taking your order and if if somebody needs to intervene then the call center is there so it's a it's a call center kind of connected with or driven by an ai chatbot so again there's just a lot of really really exciting ways that some of these places are looking thinking through what their business could look like here this year and beyond Absolutely. I mean, there's so much that can be done with all of these new technologies. Like, I mean, AI is, I, I keep hearing more and more about it every day, it seems. So it'd be really interesting to see, you know, what an industry like the fast food industry is able to do with, with a technology like that. And I love the point that you made about, um, you know, utilizing these new technologies to potentially in the future help reduce their you know, footprint. So I feel like that's also becoming a very popular, I mean, obviously completely unrelated to 
you know, this telecommunications industry and what we do, <laughs> but just generally, I feel like that's becoming more and more important to businesses because it's becoming more important to consumers. So if, you know, even a fast food chain um, can find a way to build smaller, you know, fast food locations, you know, even if they have are able to, you know, put out a couple outdoor tables in areas that are, you know, pretty nice all year round or something like that, you know, that definitely reduces their their overall footprint. And I think as time goes on, that's going to become increasingly important, like I said, to both consumers and the businesses that they frequent. Yeah, especially in, you know, nobody knows what life is going to look like, what people are going to be comfortable with doing, what people are going to want to be doing once, you know, we reach that vaccine threshold and people start to feel, you know, businesses start being able to open up more fully. But, you know, the drive through only option is one way where you can, these restaurants could just save a tremendous amount of money by being able to go down from, you know, a 5,000 square foot space to a 1,500 square foot space. Absolutely. And still now, meet the needs of their customers, still get their customers what they need and still be profitable, if not more profitable. Definitely, because if they have a smaller space, they're using less electricity, so their electricity bills will be lower and you know things like that. So it can really make a big impact. Definitely. Now, I feel like our listeners probably think that we're extremely food driven <laughs> given the examples <laughs> that we have shared um you know ride sharing companies uh but food delivery and <laughs> drive throughs um but there there are a plethora of other examples um and many of which are not at all food related um <laughs> like earlier i mentioned security systems um, you know, having that connection between the door alarm, you know, that goes off when someone opens or closes the front door in your home, when your security alarm is set, that then triggers an alert to the the security company's call center. And that's one example that, you know, a lot of times uses both VoIP and PSTN as a backup or vice versa, because I'm sure you've seen in movies where the burglar will cut the phone line and then they think that everything is fine and they try to break in. But nowadays with VoIP, if VoIP is the backup to the PSTN line, the security company will still get notified. I think that that's a really great use of technology, you know, helping keep everyone safe. Um, but there are also other examples like the fire system using touchstone and hospital beds and ambulances. Um, there are just so many other examples out there um, that don't relate, like I said, to food. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, another one thinking back to ride sharing apps, ride del food delivery services, um, things that we use all the time and maybe just don't think of as being associated with phone numbers is, you know, you go to visit a friend's apartment or, you are outside your office building, um, those call boxes where you need to get buzzed in, those rely on PSTN technology and there's phone numbers associated with all of those endpoints. So um, while it is not, you know, there's no dial tone, you're not inputting a number, um, when you're pressing 
the call box, it's placing a call along the PSTN to either the office or the apartment unit or condo, what have you. And on the other end, they're receiving that voice call and you are able to connect that way. So just again, I mean, if you think about, we're talking about all those huge numbers, right? 7.9 million phone numbers per area code. But when you start to think about all of the different call boxes you see, all of the different hospital beds in a hospital. So now they have these sort of smart beds that are able to over touch tone communicate with the central hub whether or not they're being used. So in an emergency situation when the ambulance is coming, they're able to get a quick overview of all of the area hospitals to make sure that there is capacity for whoever they're bringing. And so again, that's just another example, all of the beds in a hospital having an individual phone number so they can communicate with the central hub. It really just sort of, all these things start to add up and that 7.9 million number starts to look pretty small, really, kind of surprisingly. Definitely, even with just the technology that exists today, so many of them, like we said, use phone numbers and, you know, seems like every other day there's some sort of new technology that's coming out and a lot of those will use phone numbers as well so i think that's why we're running into this future issue but it's something to start thinking about now you know of running out of phone numbers yeah i couldn't agree with you more lisa and i think that's something that as you and i were doing research and sort of having conversations building up to this podcast why we both found this topic so compelling because VoIP is introduced and the whole idea is that VoIP and SIP are gonna replace the PSTN. Like that's the logic behind it. But what has happened instead of that like-for-like -like replacement is that the number of business uses for phone numbers for the PSTN have just absolutely exploded in the last 10 years and there's no reason to think that that just astronomical growth isn't going to continue and so um that's not to say that voip isn't an important technology because it obviously is but it is to say that these phone number issues that we're talking about are going to become pretty acute and there's going to be something there's going to need to be some sort of resolution because we are definitely heading toward a path of running out, even on just the use cases that we currently have. And we haven't even scratched the surface today on all of these different business use cases for phone numbers in the PS10. That's true. And we actually have a blog post that Clint recently wrote with a couple other examples that are different than the ones that we talked about on the podcast today. So definitely check that out if you're as interested in this topic as we are and are curious about some other examples and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, but I think that we've covered a lot of content today. So I think we'll leave it at that, but thank you everyone so much for joining us today and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode. And as always, if there's a topic you want us to cover or someone you'd like us to talk to, let us know. Just shoot us an email at marketing at 2600hertz.com or 
feel free to DM us on either Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.